Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to the Cornerstone Church Sermons Podcast. To learn more about our ministry and how we're helping people follow Jesus, visit our website at cornerstonechurch.community. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under the name cstone.central. We hope you enjoy today's message. Oh, good morning. This is the day that Mary and Joanna and Mary and then Peter and John came to the tomb and it was empty. There was nobody that came to the tomb expecting nobody to be in that tomb. It was a shocker. And so today we gather to celebrate that Jesus is alive. Let your mind wrap around what that was like to go to the tomb and it be empty. And then for Mary to say, I saw the Lord. Jesus set in motion 40 days that he appeared to his disciples and friends. There was no question. Jesus is alive. He ate with them. He touched them. He proved to them that he was, in fact, not a ghost, but truly the risen Savior of the world, the very Son of God. He promised them he would do it, and then he pulled it off. It is the miracle that we share and celebrate today. We have much to be thankful for. We know it wasn't that they got Jesus off the cross before he died. Never did the Romans let there be a failed execution by crucifixion, ever. Also, we know that Jesus didn't become like a legend. It wasn't that Jesus, you know, was just a good dude and then it just, the story grew, kind of like a story about the fish you caught or this hero who did amazing things because... The Bible accounts that there were hundreds of people who saw Jesus alive, 500 in one location. And as the gospel letters were spread, actually quite quickly, the promise was, just go ask. Ask the people who saw him alive. The only possible answer is that his disciples stole his body, somehow got past those guards, somehow, except it totally falls apart when you realize that each of them suffered, were beaten, most of them executed because they wouldn't shut up about Jesus being raised from the dead. And here's what we know. You can't get a whole group of people to continue to suffer and be executed, to see their loved ones suffer and be executed for what they know is a fabricated lie. Those closest to Jesus paid with their lives to tell other people that Jesus really is the risen and reigning king. You can have confidence. We're here because of their sacrifice. Do you realize that when Jesus died, the whole movement was dead? Do you realize that when he was dead, there was nobody telling the Jesus story? 
that the disciples were hiding and afraid. They'd abandoned Jesus when he got, got arrested. Like it was over until it wasn't. And then there were thousands who came to know Jesus on the day of Pentecost. And then there were millions. There were two million that in the first 300 years got killed, were executed, were martyred because they would not surrender their hope, their faith in the resurrected Jesus based on the eyewitnesses. Like two million killed, but by the time we get to 300 AD, there are six million Christians in the Roman Empire. And then by 350 AD, it had grown from six to 33 million. Over half the residents of the Roman Empire believed that Jesus was raised from the dead. That's what we celebrate today. There is no other explanation than Jesus came back to life, that Jesus accomplished what he promised he would accomplish when he said, I will be handed over, I will be crucified, and on the third day, I will raise from the dead. And he pulled it off. Jesus is the risen and reigning king. Because of those sacrifices that were made by the people who would not stop telling of the risen Savior, we are invited to worship him today. Here's a beautiful summary of the gospel you'll find in 1 Corinthians 15. Christ died for our sins and was buried. He rose from the dead and was seen. You can know. You can be confident. You can have faith that Jesus is the risen and reigning King. He is the one that we worship today. Will you stand back up with us and celebrate that we thank God for what he has done. We celebrate the risen Jesus Christ. Will you worship with us today? Some of you might say, I think I have believed this all my life. I think I would say since a kid that I believe Jesus is the risen and reigning king. What do I do with that? Or what would Jesus have to say to those of us who would say, we believe? Jesus gave us a gift. You see, he began talking about his crucifixion and resurrection even before it came to the end. It wasn't a surprise alternate ending for Jesus. He knew it was coming, and he began to teach his disciples all the way back to what's recorded in John chapter 8, where Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, so he used that phrase to refer to him being raised up on the cross and being raised from the dead. When you see that happen, you will know I am he, and that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. Jesus made it really clear. This wasn't just his thing. He didn't pop onto the scene and say, hey, I'm a prophet. I had a vision. You should follow me. I'm starting a new religion. Instead, he said, I am the one. I am the Son of God who has come to save according to the Father's plan. I submit 
to my father's plan. And he said, when, when I am lifted up, death and resurrection, you will know I am the one. Now, there were, there were people there that believed him. And so he spoke to their belief. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed, next passage, what did he say to them? He said to them, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So there's this really important pattern that we see in the Gospels in Jesus' ministry. There were people who would say they believe, and Jesus would say, no, you don't. It happens specifically as recorded in chapter 2. Check it out this afternoon. Jesus changes water into wine, does some miracles, and people believed because of the miracles that he did. And Jesus wouldn't trust them because he knew their hearts. It literally says Jesus did not believe their believing. Notice what he does not say here. He does not say, oh, you're good. Oh, you're good. He does not say to them, oh, that, that thing you did back when you were a kid. Like, you, you, you know, when your parents had you baptized or when you prayed a prayer or when you went through that, that class and you became official in your church. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's all there is to it. Just, just make sure you really believe and, and you're good. Now just hang out and wait to die. He didn't say that. Instead, he said to them, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. There are a lot of people who want the life of Jesus who are not living the lifestyle of Jesus. And Jesus said, you, you want to be a follower of me? Follow me. Abide in me. We don't use this word abide very often. Actually, you haven't used it ever. But it's a really simple word. It just means to remain, to stay. What was Jesus saying? He was saying, stay with me. Like, stay here. And here's why that's so important. In Jesus' ministry, there are people who showed up to see the show, and then they would leave. They would show up for the healing, and then they would depart. They would show up for the feeding. He fed 5,000 people and all their families. It was spectacular. But then mostly they wanted to know, hey, what you fixing tomorrow? And they would leave. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. Stay with me. Remain with me. And it's not just a Bible time problem. For those who saw the ministry of, the Jesus, of Jesus, we do it. We do it. We show up for Easter. And then we slide away. Now some of you are like, okay, preacher, I see where this is headed. You're, you're trying to shame me because I haven't been here since Christmas. I'm not, I promise. What I am inviting you to see is what Jesus revealed. You see, there are some of you who show up, but then you go back and you wonder why you're still stuck. It doesn't just happen on Easter. It happens like every Sunday, every weekend. 
that people who believe Jesus is the risen and reigning king show up, but then they leave. And the rest of their week, they're, they're not with Jesus. They may have a daily Bible verse, and they'll read the verse and then go back. And what Jesus is inviting you into is to stay with him. Here's what he says. If you stay in my word, you follow me, stay with me. Then you will know the truth, that's Jesus, and the truth will set you free. Stay with him. This year, don't check back out. Don't come and then leave. Stay with him. It can happen in the simplest of ways. What you encounter today on Easter, the risen and reigning king, let him reign through the rest of your life. Not just today. And when you show up on Sunday to weekly worship him, don't come and leave. Let him reign over that week. When you get that daily Bible verse, add a few more verses to it and stay in his word because it's there you find freedom. You see, some of you are confused. Like, I, I prayed, I showed up, I felt it, I worshiped, but I'm still stuck because you left. Not renounced your faith. That wasn't what Jesus was talking about. He said, stay with me, abide in my word, and you will be set free. That's Jesus' offer to you this year, to take your belief and stay with him. He will set you free. You are invited by God to believe Jesus is the risen and reigning king. And there is great evidence to put in place your faith. And then Jesus says to you, hey, don't, don't just check that box. Don't just say, oh, I did that as a kid, or I think I've done that. Remain in him. And, and just the simplest little things change your faith in how you engage it. The simplest of things, set a timer and spend three minutes with God. Just, just three minutes, orienting your mind, your thoughts, your life around the truths of who you are in Christ. Just take that passage that you read and meditate on it. Memorize it. Allow Jesus' words to guide you and to define who you are. Remain in him. And make sure that you put people around you in community who will encourage you and walk with you. Don't do it on your own. But as I say those things, for some of you, it, it still feels confusing. Some of you would say, Michael, I, I think I have. I know I believe and I, I think I've remained with Jesus, but it's not good right now. And you might refer to a relationship that just imploded. You, you might talk to me about the physical struggle that you're having. You might talk to me about a disappointment you've had in life that has crushed you. And, and you would say, Michael, I don't understand. I know I believe. I believe I've remained. And it's it's just not right. Imagine how the disciples felt as things got really confusing at the end. 
as Jesus kept talking about being crucified, and that's not what they wanted for him. Definitely not what they wanted for them. And after Jesus died, it got really difficult. And even after they saw him raised from the dead, there was torture and beatings and executions. I want you to take a peek at Jesus' message to them just before it got really confusing. He said, in my father's house are many rooms. Your Bible might say mansions. Now, now don't think of a big fancy house because it's made big and fancy. Think of a dwelling place that is spectacular because of who is there. In my father's house are many rooms. You're invited. There's plenty of room for you. And Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you because I go to prepare a place for you. Again, he's referring to the cross and the empty tomb. I'm going to give my life for you. I'm going to be raised from the dead for your salvation. I go to prepare a place for you. And I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you will be. Now he's talking about his second coming. Because after Jesus was raised from the dead, he spent those 40 days appearing to his disciples, proving he was the risen and reigning king. And then he went to reign as king on high, seated at the right hand of God. And he promised them, I'm coming back. Here's why that's so important to us. The new heaven and earth is not here God's creation has not been fully restored. Jesus will take care of that. And the reason you need to know that is that that sense of hope and desire, the longings of your heart will not be fully realized here. There are going to be times that it's broken. It's not right. It's not just, it's not fair. And what Jesus promised them is that he was coming back to make all things well. And Thomas is like, whoa, 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 we don't know where you're going. We sure don't know how to get there. And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I have come to give my life so that there is a way for you. I am truth. Abide in my word, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Come with me. Remain in me, and I am life eternal. There are longings in your heart that aren't going to be fulfilled yet. There are longings in your spirit where you will realize this is broken, this is not right, and you are correct. But Jesus promises he's coming back. And he's going to restore. He's going to make all things new. And we get to reign with him for eternity. Wait for it. And while you're waiting, don't wait passively. We have this incredible hope that Jesus gave his disciples. Look at these words. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will do what I've done and better. 
wait, Jesus, you walked on water. How am I gonna do better than that? Wait, Jesus, you fed like 5,000 people and their whole family. How am I gonna top that? Jesus, you healed people. Jesus, you set people free from demonization. Jesus, how would I beat what you did? How would I do greater things than what you have done? After Jesus returned to heaven and seated himself on the throne. 10 days and the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost. And those 120 believers who were waiting were filled, indwelled with the Spirit of God. And then thousands of people found life in Jesus' name. Thousands of people came to believe and were transformed. Never before had that happened. Now the gospel is spreading. Greater things are happening. Jesus is inviting you into that. Let's let's put the pieces together. It begins with believe. There is great evidence that Jesus is the ruling and reigning king. He is risen from the dead. Stay. Don't come and leave. Stay with Jesus. Stay in that place. Surround yourself with those friends. Keep yourself in that position to experience the life that Jesus wants to give you. And then wait for it. Wait for it. There's some of the stuff that you long for. It's not going to be realized yet. Wait for it. He is good. He is coming again. And while we wait, ask for it. Ask him. Ask him to stir in you. Ask him to heal you. Ask him. You you know it won't all happen yet, but ask him. When you ask in his name, you can be confident that he does miracles. Where have you stopped short of asking? Where have you stopped short of believing? Jesus is inviting you in. Stay with him. Wait for him and ask him. Ask him this year. Let's worship. Oh God, we praise you this day, declaring your greatness, declaring your glory, celebrating your love that compelled you to take on flesh as the Son of Man became Jesus of Nazareth to live, to die, to overcome sin and death for us. We celebrate your love today and we we thank you for the opportunity to be with you forever and for the privilege of sharing the story to invite others to come with us. God, thank you for the joy we sense in our spirits, the very essence of who we are. We sense that this is true and this is right. We believe. And we, we sense that emboldenment to live for you, that courage to go back out into a, a world that's rough, into situations that are broken, and to trust that you are working all things together for good and bringing all things new. God, we trust you and we thank you for giving us a taste of that today. It is to your glory and in the name of Jesus that we celebrate and ask this. Amen. Amen.